Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Otzen Audibles podcast and another emergency edition of the show. It's Thursday afternoon, almost Thursday evening, and once again, another week, another verbal commitment. Last week, it was Jalen Davies. This week on Thursday evening, Terrence Ferguson, a four-star tight end from Heritage High School in Littleton, Colorado, that is just outside of the Denver area has given a verbal commitment to the Oregon Ducks. He is the 12th best tight end in the country, the third best prospect in the state of Colorado, and he is the 280th best player overall in the 24-7 sports composite, regardless of position, for the class of 2021. He has a recruiting score ranking of 0.9013, and he becomes Oregon's 15th verbal commitment of the 2021 recruiting class and now becomes the 11th player to commit that is ranked either as a four or a five-star player. The Ducks obviously have one five-star in receiver Troy Franklin, and now Terrence Ferguson is the second four-star commit for the 2021 recruiting class because Oregon already holds Maliki Watabo the fourth best tight end in the country, his verbal commitment. He's out of Henderson, Nevada. So, Eric, Oregon now has secured two of the best tight ends in the country and potentially, you know, two of the top tight ends out West in a year in which they needed to, to get one really good one. Yeah, I think you can absolutely say that Oregon went out and they did what they needed to do this cycle at this position. You know, I think last – Last year, there was probably some frustration. Um, I think that Oregon wasn't able to go out and, and find a guy that really fit what they wanted. And uh, they went up this year and really, I think, found their top two targets um, and, and or at least two of their top two targets. I'm sure there are other prospects they like to this position. But, I mean, these are two of the best guys at West. And we've said this numerous times. And um, it's going to be really interesting to see how Maliki Matavo and Terrence Ferguson work together at Oregon. Um, I, I think they're fairly similar prospects. We can talk about this throughout the podcast, but um, yeah, I think it, very exciting uh, additions here. And offensively, this is setting up to be, and I, I, we wrote about this, I think after the Franklin commitment, this is setting up to be the best offensive recruiting hall Oregon has ever had. And, and I don't even, I mean, I'd have to go through here and look at the history and it's probably fairly close already. Honestly, if you look at the, the fact that you've got a five-star receiver, you've got a top 100 quarterback, you've already got a uh, another top 100 offensive lineman. You've got multiple other players rated as four-star players um, on offense, uh, you know, in tight ends and running back and a more offensive lineman, another tight end. Uh, it is so deep and talented offensively this cycle that um, Ferguson isn't the most highly rated guy, but he just adds to what is a really exciting offensive line. You have to be excited thinking about what Joe Moorhead could be doing with the group like this down the line. Oregon, with the addition of Terrence Ferguson now has, like I said, 15 verbal commitments. Their projected team score right now is 
244.66. That's about, give or take, a seven-point jump from where they were prior to Ferguson giving a verbal commitment. Oregon, before the commit, was ranked eighth in the country, second among Pac-12 schools. They now jump Florida of the SEC. They also jump Michigan of the Big Ten to sit sixth in the country. They're still second in the Pac-12, but there's there's literally less than two-tenths of a point that separates USC and Oregon from the Ducks making it into the top five for the 2021 recruiting ranking class. And obviously the schools that Oregon jumped, Florida and Michigan, they're going to continue to add players. USC will continue to add players. And the schools that are above uh, the Ducks, Ohio State is one, Clemson is two, Tennessee is three, North Carolina is four. They'll continue for the most part to add players to, to their recruiting classes. But the point here is, is that Oregon now literally sits one commit away, one decommitment away from USC to jump into that top five. And Oregon is in a position where you look at how many commits these other schools have, and they're still going to make up a lot of ground. You know, Tennessee has 23 verbal commitments. Uh, USC, North Carolina – they both have 16. It's one more than what Oregon has. Florida has 20. Michigan has 19. You know, the only school really that's above Oregon right now that is kind of in a similar spot with them is of having fewer than 15 verbal, 15 or, or fewer commitments is Clemson. And, you know, it's going to be difficult to, to catch the Tigers. Um, but, but Oregon is in a position with a couple other players out there that could help them jump up. But the reality is this, is Oregon is now literally tenths of points away from cracking the top five because of the Terrence Ferguson commitment. And a lot of, Eric, a lot of Oregon's commits that they have, I feel like are high ceiling players who could continue to see their their rankings go up. Darren Barkins, Terrell Tillman, Jadarius Perkins, Terrence Ferguson, uh, Kyron Mayer Hudson, Keith Brown. You, you, Ty Thompson, you go up this list, and Oregon is in a position now with this recruiting class. They're sixth in the country, and yet it feels like some of their commitments could still improve their, their ranking, and some of the guys that are still on the board could, could really make it possible that Oregon finishes with the top three recruiting class in the country. I think the thing that's fun this cycle in particular is that there's a Pac-12 school that's recruiting almost at the same – exact pace right now you look at Oregon USC's recruiting class Matt just ran through the comparisons you go pull it up on the site I mean they're basically have identical classes at this point um, in terms of just looking at the way they're comprised and I think it's gonna be really fun down the stretch to kind of follow the Oregon versus USC recruiting battle that really has never been a thing that we've been able to track like Oregon versus USC and recruiting has always been USC you know up until the last couple years by a mile and now we've seen it flip the other way where Oregon has been pretty lopsidedly ahead of USC on the recruiting trail. And I don't know how long this is going to last because I think there's question marks about the longevity of this coaching regime at USC down there for very, you know, even past this season possibly. But it is fun, I must say, to be sitting here in in late June and looking up and seeing two Pac-12 schools 
right and around the top five that have very similar recruiting class rankings and I think have similar upsides in terms of what they could end up signing. So I think it's going to be fun to just kind of watch those two schools in particular battle, but also I think appreciate the fact that the Pac-12 struggled as a conference to recruit recently. Um, it's good seeing two schools right up there, you know, in the top six. One thing to monitor in terms of Oregon versus USC and you know, the, the jockeying between these two schools is they have two, the Trojans have two four-star commits at the quarterback position, Jake yep. Garcia and Miller Moss. Will be interesting to see if either of those guys stick with their verbal commitment. It's very rare that we see two guys this highly regarded land at the same school in the same year. So that, you know, and both of those guys are USC's two highest commits. Um, Miller Moss re- is the most recent commitment. So we'll see what happens between Miller Moss and Jake Garcia. I have no inside information here, but it wouldn't surprise me uh, when National Signing Day comes and goes, the 2021 cycle is complete, and we write our final notes on, on this chapter that one of these guys is not in this class. And currently, it, they're, they're the two top targets or top commits for the USC Trojans. So – I, I think there's an opportunity there where Oregon could just by subtraction of one at USC could jump the Trojans without having to add anybody else moving forward. But that's obviously not going to happen. You know, both, both schools are going to continue adding players. Both schools will continue to add some of the best players on the West Coast and in the country. And it's going to be certainly a, a battle that will play out. Like you said, how, how long will these two teams go against each other uh, and who comes out on top? for this recruiting class. Um, long-term, Eric, what are your perspective, you know, your, 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 your perception of the tight end position now and where Oregon sits with Terrence Ferguson joining a recruiting class that already featured another one of the better tight ends in the country. What's the long-term outlook now of, of Oregon's tight end group? I think you feel really good about the talent level. And I think you now have, I mean, I, I look at these guys, and when they arrive on campus in 2021, Spencer Webb will be a junior. Patrick Herbert will be a sophomore. Cam McCormick, Matt, I'm still trying to remember. Is he technically a sophomore? Is <laughs> he what, technically what a sophomore. Okay, okay, so he'll be a junior by that year. He'll be a 29-year-old senior in uh, 2022. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you, you just We are joking there, I think. But he'll probably be, what, 24, maybe? 25? Yeah. But all kidding aside, I mean, I think you look at – this group and I f- I'm really excited to see what Spencer Webb and Patrick Herbert present this fall. I think this is a big year for both players. Um, DJ Johnson is obviously the wild card and, and Cam McCormick is also a bit of a wild card given his injury history. But I think you look forward and now you have two clear guys that can be that pass, you know, in the passing game can be that focal point, especially vertically with Ferguson and Matavo. These guys run really well down the field. And I think that stands out. And the fact I think both guys have room to add some more weight as well. But I just think those guys have the upside to be those players, but they might not have the opportunity right away just because I do think with McCormick, Webb and Herbert, at least being around for their first couple of years on campus, there's going to be some bodies and it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I think it's going to be a situation unlike a couple of years ago, or even last season where you kind of were like the tight end position, you're getting some contributions, but it's not huge. I just think the talent level you're going to have at tight end by the time you look at the 2022 season, the 2021 season, 
and, and beyond, I think is really enticing and exciting. Um, and I think it's going to be fun to see how it plays out. And it's going to be fun to see what the roles work out. And I, again, I think we're going to learn a lot about this current players on the roster this fall because I think there's a lot of question marks there. And once that takes place, I wouldn't be shocked to see maybe a player dip or take off based upon the numbers because you'd be carrying up to upwards of six tight ends on the roster in 2021. But regardless, I think you have to be really excited about kind of the direction of where this position group is going. And certainly you feel better than you did a couple of months ago when you didn't have any commitments in this class. McCormick's eligibility was uncertain. And you're kind of like you've got Spencer Webb and Patrick Herbert past 2021. Um, and, and that was about it. The thing I, I like the most about the tight end group now, and let's just – it's under the assumption that, like you said, someone could dip because of, of how many bodies now are in the, the tight end room going forward. But let's just assume that there are no transfers at this position mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future. The thing I like most about this group is 2021, the season – figures to have five of the program's seven highest-rated tight end commits in program history on the roster at the same time. That does not include the number one tight end to ever commit to Oregon. That was Curtis White, but it has, like, I think the second, the third, the fourth, and then the sixth and the seventh best tight ends in program history to sign with Oregon all on the roster at, at one time. And then they all can come back for 2022 if they all want to. And so we're entering, I think, what could be kind of a, a air quotes golden age type era of the position because there's never been this much talent before on paper in the tight end room at one time, and they all could be here together for at least two years. Yeah, I just I just pulled it up. Yeah, two, four, six, or two, four, five, six, seven on the roster. So five of your seven best tight ends you've signed as a program are going to be on the roster together at one, at one time. Um, it's really exciting. And, and just in terms of more of where Ferguson fits in, sixth tight end, he's that, and he's 112th in terms of the all-time commitments currently. And, of course, this is subject to change because the recruiting rankings will have numerous iterations between now and when they're finalized next spring. But um, in terms of where he sits, this is kind of the context he's – right in between where Brady Breeze was ranked as a high school player and Robbie Ashford, the 2020 um, quarterback signee, was ranked. So um, in pretty decent company there, obviously a recruit that – Oregon's had a lot of four-star recruits. They've had 142 now uh, that they've signed or had verbal commitments from in the 2021 class. Uh, That's a lot over the course of the last uh, about 12 years. Yeah, Oregon has certainly upped its recruiting – prowess uh, ability to land the the big fish if you will um or to use mark crystal balls analogy big game hunting for some of the better players in the country um it would be i i don't have this data in front of me but it would be interesting to go and look at out of that 140 or so commitments how many of those players have landed since mark crystal ball has been the head coach you know we can figure that out relatively quickly but not in the next split second. Um, I, I think that's a, that's something to dive into at a later date of just the success that Crystal Ball has had and the success we're seeing it play out across the board. Um, let's, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, let's discuss what you saw on film and kind of where Oregon goes now in the recruiting class for 2021. eBay Motors is here for the ride. 
Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back to the Austin Audible's podcast, Emergency Edition, breaking down Terrence Ferguson's verbal commitment. Um, we discussed it before the break, but Eric, uh, you've done your film review. We have the film review up on the site right now. Uh, what stands out about Terrence Ferguson and his game at the next level? Basically everything <laughs> in terms of, I mean, it's a really exciting high school tight end film to watch. Um, and, and I mentioned it on, I think a podcast earlier this week when we talked a little bit about the possibility of this happening. I don't know if the competition level is fantastic. He's from Colorado. Uh, and, and I, I look around the guys in the field. They don't look like they're all not, there aren't a lot of D one looking athletes on the field. I put it that way, but his ability to just work through traffic, to run away from players, to run over players, to make some incredibly difficult catches. Um, I, I just think athletically, he really is impressive. Um, and, and with the ball in his hands, he really stands out. I don't see a ton of him blocking on tape. Um, and, and I think that's because he's so incredibly productive as a pass catcher. I mean, you look at the, the way he is able to navigate the field, it, it makes more sense to put him out there. And so I think he could be a player at Oregon. And obviously some of this is going to be dependent upon how he develops as a blocker. But um, I, I compare him a little bit to Jacob Breland. And when Jacob Breland came into Oregon and he's a little bit lean maybe, but tall and, and got great length and athleticism and, and fantastic in the passing game. And we saw Breland develop as a blocker. When he first came in his first couple of years, he was a great pass catcher decent blocker but by the time he was a senior there we started to see him really kind of take that on and become a pretty strong blocker and it's obviously a bummer we didn't get to see the second half of his senior season to see that develop further but I think Ferguson's similar to Breland and I think when he arrives he's going to be primarily a pass catcher um, but has the upside given his size and, and 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 I think the frame could be he could be a guy who could like Breland be 6'5 maybe 255 and still have the athleticism to, to be a good player as a pass receiver, but also as a blocker. So I like the Breland comparison a little bit. I don't think he's all that different either, even from Matavo, the other commitment in this class in terms of just the size and, and what they're able to do. I think Matavo um, is, is a better blocker at this stage based upon what I've seen. But um, with the two of them, you're getting two guys that are very capable in the passing game. And I think that's something 
that is really exciting. And, and again, I've mentioned before, I, I, Joe Moorhead likes to utilize his tight ends and he's going to have some really nice options to work with with these two. Knowing what we know about the position group and who's coming back, and it's kind of crazy because we're talking about who's coming back without the first year, without the current year even being played. Yeah. But let's just assume everyone on the current roster that has eligibility remaining after the 2020 football season returns. What are you handicap the, the possibilities that Terrence Ferguson is, is a guy that that plays five or more games as a true freshman and thus can't redshirt during the 2021 season? I'm going to guess between Ferguson and Matavajo, one of those guys is probably going to redshirt based on the numbers. Um, because if we're looking at it the way now, that would be six tight ends on the roster. I don't think you'd want to have six that you'd be playing unless there's injuries or something. And again, there's a possibility of a transfer. And I guess if there's five, I still even think that's a pretty large number. Like you look at what Oregon did this last year with, with Patrick Herbert, where there was a lot of opportunity um, to play and, and yet they, they didn't let him play the, the, the more than five games and he's a redshirt season. So I would probably say one of those two is going to redshirt. I think it's hard to really handicap which one right now. But I'd also say, like, it's not impossible to me, based upon what I saw from Ferguson either, that he is just – maybe he's a little bit underrated even in his recruiting ranking right now, and he's somebody that arrives on campus and it's like, holy cow, he has to play. We have no choice. Like, maybe he's our third tight end and he kind of is – maybe this is not a perfect comparison, but remember when Colt Lairla was a true freshman at Oregon and he – basically only ran routes and caught, I think he had like 12 catches and four of them were touchdowns or five of them were touchdowns yeah. or something like that. I could see that thing where, where either Ferguson or Matavajo could be a guy like that as a freshman where it's like they've got so much talent that you just have to put put them on the field and, and get them involved, even though there's some really experienced and, and more talented, not more talented, but talented also um, on the roster with guys like McCormick, uh, Webb, Herbert, and, and possibly a guy like DJ Johnson still there as well. Could, could be a very similar comparison then of, of like a Spencer Webb this past season in which – That fits too, yeah. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe doesn't play quite as much as, as Webb because he did play quite a bit um, as a redshirt freshman this past season. But you are right that, you know, he was out there and, and similar to Colt was as a true freshman. And if you want to look at what Colt Lyrella did – as a, a true freshman at Oregon during the 2011 football season. He had a touchdown catch against Nevada, the first game of the season, that kind of – another one again in the second game of the year, but then kind of tailed off, but he had seven catches, 147 yards, and five touchdowns. And then in his oh, sophomore he? year, he kind of exploded. Um, but could be a very similar case for – like you said, for one of those two guys to show up and kind of be that third or fourth option. And one thing I really like is it seems like early on, at least, they have the ability to be kind of that jumbo receiver Mm -hmm. where if Oregon really wants to and they want to go four wide, they could use these guys kind of as, you know, skyscraper, you know, twin tower type, you know, receivers that are six foot five, six foot six, and maybe don't have the burner speed, but, like we saw with Webb this past year, could could really you know impose their their physical prowess uh, down in the red zone and make some big plays there. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I think that Webb comparison and how they used him almost as Webb was basically playing receiver despite having tight end size. I mean, he wasn't really blocking all that much, and they just spread them out wide. I could see Morehead doing something similar, and of course we haven't seen his offense, but doing something similar with one of these guys right away. Um, 
I have in my show, show notes, if I'm supposed to ask you how many more tight ends are they going to sign in this class? <laughs> I feel like that's a silly question because they're done, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it would, it would take a, a pretty big miracle for them to, to land another tight end, the third tight end in this class. I mean, I'm trying to, to wrap my head around what would constitute them wanting to do that. Probably bringing in a Brock Bowers would be one of them. He's, I think, the second best tight end in the country. He's also from the West Coast, was highly considering Oregon or is considering Oregon before this commitment happened. And maybe they, they just completely whiff at the tight end, at the receiver position for some, some reason. And, and they they look at you know maybe like a Ferguson or Matavo and say hey like we're gonna slim you down maybe a little bit and play you as a, as a big play receiver, but I just feel like that's just so out of out of the possible realm of possibilities that they're done like they're not they're not gonna sign three tight ends in this class and I, I just can't figure out a scenario realistically that that makes that happen. Um, now, who who could be on the docket to commit next for Oregon, regardless of position? Um, one name to watch is going to be Xavier Worthy, a four-star receiver, top 100 player from the Fresno area. This is a guy that was scheduled to make his verbal commitment on Saturday, the 27th, and backed off that commitment date. He was. He said he's gonna, you know, think about it a little bit more. Um, not the best news that you want to hear from an Oregon perspective, but we'll have some um, more information on that on Friday. But that's that's VIP. But what we can tell you right now is Oregon still is in a really good spot, and Michigan's making a push. That's that that's a hundred percent true. That's that's real. They're making him pause here a little bit, but. I, I haven't wavered on my crystal ball. I, I don't plan to unless I get new information. Um, it wouldn't surprise me as well if Xavier Worthy makes a verbal commitment to Oregon sometime during the month of July after he considers it. He is coming up to, to Eugene for a combine that's going to be in the Springfield, Oregon area right next to, right next to Eugene. It's basically the same town. If you're unfamiliar with Eugene Springfield, I don't know why you would be. Uh, but... <laughs> it, He's going to be up here for a combine. It's not related to Oregon in July. Uh, there, there is a dead period during that time, so he won't be able to meet with Oregon staff, but he at least will be able to mingle around the, the Eugene community a little bit to get a better feel for that. But wouldn't surprise me if Xavier Worthy is you know, one of the next commits for Oregon. And, and we'll have a story up on, on Saturday um, that details a bunch of other names that we feel like are really close to giving a verbal commitment to Oregon. And I'll say this, there's a lot of guys that are trending to making verbal commitments by September or early September. And if Oregon is to land the guys that they, that they do out of that group, they're going to have a top five, top three recruiting class in 2021 going into the football season. That's kind of my, kind of my, my push right now. I, I, I think they're going to get to that point where we're talking about a, a team that's securely in the top five. I don't know why I should say anything else after that. That's a pretty darn good place to end the podcast, Matt. Uh, <laughs> All right. Like, like things right. are pretty darn good, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. We'll, we'll end it there. Uh, thank you for listening to this emergency edition of the Ots and Audibles podcast.
Real quick, I want to remind you guys, if you are not a subscriber to DuckTerritory.com, I highly encourage you guys to consider doing so. We are currently offering a promotion where you can get 50% off an annual membership, save some serious coin on that uh, membership, and it gives you, you know, a year with us. Or if you don't want to go for the year commitment, you can go for the month, and your first month can be $1.00. And after that, it's $9.95. But I can tell you right now, the annual membership is a huge savings, 50%. You're, 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 you're saving over $50 a year, more than that, compared to what you're going to pay on a month-to-month basis. So it pays for itself almost uh, in, in regards of saving you money compared to month-to-month. So highly encourage you guys to check that out. Thank you for listening to this emergency podcast. For Eric Scopel, I'm Matt Prem. We'll talk to you later. Talk to you later, fellas. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG.